All right, Mena fans, Mena fandom is back. I've dropped a couple of classic episodes, but I'm back with a new episode and joined by the brains behind the 420 show. Firstly, Chris and Mithun, welcome to Mena fandom. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. And of course, his offsider, Pat from Amesbury. Pat, how are you? I'm doing good, Manos. How are you doing, buddy? Really good, thanks. Really good. And really excited about the contributions you two are making to the network already i've I've been lucky enough to see the 420 show that's airing on saturday nights at 7 p.m on the network so i'm really proud of what you guys have done great start um definitely one for the the stoners out there um can i just ask before we get into the show uh, did you two know each other before kms or has kms brought you two together no we we met when i saw pat post his uh now famous uh, picture that uh, the still shot from when he talked to Channel Seven wearing the the Kirk Minahan sweatshirt. Yeah, that's so basically then, how I got thrown into this whole world. I'd always listened to the show, obviously, and saw everything on Twitter from a distance, but I didn't really know anyone involved in the world. And then once that Channel Seven um, news thing came out, and I, I wore the hoodie, and they didn't censor it, so everyone saw it. That's how everyone started following me. And then I started to talk to Chris and, um, you know, Mark from Haverhill and, you know, Pat and Lawrence, all those guys. So what were you interviewed about again? So me, um, me and my current wife, we were getting married um, a couple of years ago. The original um, date was uh, January 1st, 2021, but COVID screwed everything up because we were getting too many people saying, oh, we can't come because of COVID, you know, this and that. So we had to reschedule, but the place was giving us a hard time. So my wife reached out to Channel 7. They have something called Solve It 7 where if people have problems, they reach out and try to help them out. And that's why we were on Channel 7. Right. And you wore KMS shirt. Excellent. Right. Yeah. They came twice to my house. Um, The second time they came is because the first guy moved on to another station. So they had to um, re-record some stuff. So that's when I put the hoodie on because I just was getting dressed. I started in my closet and I was like, I'm going to throw it on. Fuck it. And um, they didn't tell me to take it off. Actually, the the kid who showed up, who my wife was contacting with, used to produce Kirk's show on the weekends when Kirk was first doing it on EEI. So he saw the shirt and was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew then it was going to be a good good situation and chris was it love at first sight for you when you saw pat on the tv no you know what it was he had a dab press and he <laughs> once i knew who he was i saw some of his pictures and I, I saw him pressing pressing some hash and i was like oh shit this guy is someone i want to talk to and you know that's where it's all stemmed from there and sort of, I know that there are some Mina fans that are, are great mates now. I know Dava and Dava from Harlem, Montante speak pretty much every day on the phone and, you know, share Dava's mother and stuff. Um, you know, <laughs> what about you two? Um, you know, how, how close of mates are you now? Well, we, we converse on, on Twitter. We're in a lot of the same chat groups. But besides that, I mean, we, we've hung out multiple times. But I wouldn't say we're like, I mean, we're, we're friends, but he has other friends. I have other friends. We, we met up um, when Chris was like, hey, you know, we should do a show. Um, and then he showed me the stuff that he had done earlier, um, his clone to burn stuff. And he was like, oh, we should do a 420 show. And then we met in person. I went to his house and just so we could kind of like shoot the shit and get to know each other. And that's kind of how it started. But um, I mean, we also drove fucking 
what is it like 50 hours round trip to Mississippi together. <laughs> so I mean, that was wow. after having done the 420 show for almost a year at that point. Right, right, right. Lovely. But yeah. Excellent. All right, well, let's no, get into I have a quick question for you yes. before we move on. Yep. You were the only one so far to have seen the KMS version of the 420 show. How would you yep. compare that to what we do on a normal Saturday night? Well, it's 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 legible, so you can actually, um, you know, understand. We were going it, for legible. Yeah, so it's definitely a big improvement on that. Um, so, so it's different. I mean, you, you know, you're talking to Dylan the Birdman, and, and I, I think it's a, you know, it's a show for stoners about their experience experience with marijuana there's some really handy hints in the the first episode about you know making your own stuff and yeah it, it's it's a different show but it's an insight into different minifans and i really appreciate that i know kirk doesn't because it's not about him but you know oh, he's these never are, gonna be a fan no these are fan shows and i really enjoyed it um and i'm i'm a big stoner so obviously it landed well with me um but yeah no excellent work it's it's very different um the the 420 show your live version has some wild characters on there and with that you get wildly varying content sometimes there's stuff that's good sometimes it's bad but yeah you know, this was a, a nice listen the the 420 show that's on the network one thing I noticed that I, I hope the fans will pick up on is Pat is much more vocal on the recorded show than he is in the live show. And it's probably because we don't have as many voices. We don't have like 50 people talking over each other. And we're also trying to do something different than what we do normally on Saturdays from 8 to 10. From 8 to 10, it's more like a hangout. Bring whatever topics you want to bring. We're just going to get high and just fucking just babble for two hours and even well, but it's, 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 it's not just get high it's get mute high like you guys are yeah you know absolutely cool well it's it's a celebration yeah that's fine i'm not knocking it and, and pat but, half the time is watching something on tv anyway i mean as a, video games not famously pointed out you know lauren's like you're know, <laughs> spilling her guts about being assaulted and you're you know cheering on bruins goals at the same time i mean we, we, had lauren, we had lauren and then we had subaru steve's intervention last week which was a big hit um we were we, we caught some flack for that but we were trying to watch out for the guy have are you a fan of subaru steve I d- look, I don't watch a lot of your show, unfortunately. Uh, so what I have seen of Subaru Steve, um, he's a nice guy. I met him when at the before the Wilbur show. Um, obviously, clearly got substance abuse problems, um, and you know he when I came on your show, you know he decided to drop the F slur as a bit of a tough guy act. So you know he's one of those guys that um, I think when he's not severely intoxicated, he's a nice guy, but. Um, yeah, give. I think what was he? He had a bottle of whiskey or something last time I came on. He had a bottle yeah. of Captain Morgan, yes. uh, that's rum. So, and he inhaled that with impressive. Was he, was he mixing it with that first lemonade? But then it got that's to right. it was straight at the end. And, um, hey, he's a bad boy. We can't do you, you can't, um, he is a KMS bad boy. It's true. Now, for the listeners out there, though, for, for anyone that's been at a live show, he does go to most of them. He was what shirtless at uh, Portland. He right. Was. So the the funny thing is, is so we we met him at the Sako shows previously, and he was fine then. He didn't seem like he was overly partying, intoxicated, doing anything. It was Portland where all of a sudden, you know, we met him at that last bar, and I look over and he doesn't have his fucking shirt on. I'm like, all right, <laughs> okay, yeah. Luckily, Chris I got the camera out, and we have some good footage <laughs> at the end of our show every week. 
and Chris got a kick out of um, when the um, bouncer came over and said, is this guy with you? And instantly I was like, nope. <laughs> it was instantaneous. Pat did not hesitate. He just nope. Because we all would have had to go with him, but instead well, it was just him. That's what him. happened to B.A. <laughs> Yeah. Excellent. The All right, best, let's get it. The best thing from that weekend was BA trying to help Subaru Steve put a shirt back on and then the both of them being escorted out of the bar. <laughs> oh, good memories. Wish I could have been there. Um All right, let's get into taking care of business. Um so some news around uh, Minna Fandom. Look, I've spoken about this before, but you know, part of my theories around the bringing the network back is I, is I don't want there to be less content in the world so to speak. So Minna Fandom staying an audio-only podcast, it's not going to the network. It's going to remain wholly independent. It will be released less frequently because, you know, I am, you know, seeing the network as being my chief responsibility at the moment and there is a lot of work in getting it up and running and keeping it going. But Minna Fandom's, you know, still still, still happening. I've got these two gentlemen on now. Then I've, I'm going to bring on um, John from Scranton. He's due on. I've got Carlos, who's going to be dialing in from a federal prison. And Blind Mike. I strong-armed him during Mike and the Minna Fans into coming on um, Minna Fandom. So I will make him um, live up to that promise because I've had Carl on. I've had Kirk on many times. I've had Mike on once, but that was when I was in studio. So, right. yeah, I'll get Mike on. Um also, while we're in taking care of business, Kirk was critical of me being on Mike and the Minifans. Um, I, I did that. definitely. Yeah, I mean, look, of course I'm going to get criticism after some of the comments I made around his dozen performance. I, uh, I Look, I think he made one valid point that, that, you know, I am the network director. I'm not, you know, the star of the network, so to speak, and I'm not trying to be. So, you know, I don't want to be on all the shows. In fact, I didn't really want to be on the first Mike and the Minifan, but Mike asked me to be on, and lucky I was on because he had three topics to talk about, so it would have been a 25-minute show had I not been on. Um, but, yeah, certainly valid criticism. Like, I, I really, you know, want people to do their own shows. Happy to jump on if people need me, but really... You know, I want to keep my appearances on the network to a minimum. Can I, can I give you a quick criticism of Mike and the Minna fans? Yes. So it's not of you. It is of everyone else. And it's simply that every time you tried to plug our show, the 420 show, they sh- talked over you. You did the two different times, <laughs> and you were shot down both times. I don't think anyone heard the plug. I heard it. That's good. Other than that, I thought the show was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. We had a great time. I thought it was excellent. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad Mike did it. And we had, you know, as I said, he had three topics and I had a ton of listener questions. So I had to be there. Um, it, it is what it is. You know, Kirk's always going to criticize things, but these are for the fans. Um, he, he's, um, you know, we'll get into it, but he, he came back from, um, didn't he come back from his trip glowing? I mean, he was in a great mood today. It's always funny when he he goes to these little bar stool events out of state, and he, he it seems like he always comes back and he has like new friends from the company because now PFTs is like now he's a level mm. two, but you know you know he's going to go up because he hated PFT at that one at one point. Um, but it's just it's always funny because I remember when you know when he went to the Super Bowl and then him and Brandon became best friends. So it's always funny. He always seems to find new friends when he goes out to those events. I can't believe how happy he was, though, on Friday's show. I mean, it was with Mutt and Steve, the live you tape. I mean, have you ever seen him that happy, Chris? Have I, what, seen Kirk that Kirk happy? That ha- 
Yeah. I, I feel like he ebbs and flows. This was the happiest he's been probably that I've, I've since, since he won the dozen. I think he was happier this uh, today than after that. And they even alluded to it, but there's no way to really tell. He was really, he was really pushing the, well, I can't talk about that, but <laughs> right. inside joke thing, which I mean, eventually when we all find out, maybe it'll be worth the payoff. We'll see. Did they say when they're going to play that? When they're going to air that? Or During that? the Ryder Cup. Which is oh. late September. Uh, and I just don't get this. I mean, it's, uh, this is so frustrating. Why make something, what we, you know, end of June? They're making it now, you know, two, three months away. You've got everybody on the show who is obsessed with content and will be, you know, Kirk's already said enough spoilers. Right. I mean, he always tries to throw you off, but... The point is, I just think it takes away from the actual event because by the time it comes around, it feels like it's old news. And it, you know, I won't be if interested. If it plays out like the mini golf thing, I agree with you. Well, you know, it's going to keep at least a little, a few surprises, then maybe not. I'm not the hugest golf fan anyway. So we'll see how the, how, what the actual presentation is. And, you know, how maybe. How is it for these? How, I mean, how hard is it for the Barstool production team to turn something around in a week or two? Like, this should be airing. Like, I know it's, they want it to be on it around the Ryder Cup, but won't golf fans be watching the Ryder Cup? They're not going to care about what Barstool's doing. Like, you know, do it in summer when people are on holiday. Do it when not long exactly. after it's been recorded. You know, let let everybody from Barstool promote it for the next week. Oh, we did this, you know, to be on next week. And then get everybody hyped up for it. It's just, I don't know. I don't sometimes disagree. It, yeah, I get why they can't do it live, obviously. And you famously got into it with Jeff D. Lowell for that um, type of production. But, yeah, why wouldn't it come out in, like, two weeks or three weeks? You know, middle of July when no one's watching anything. Mm, yeah, there's nothing to watch. No, there's nothing to watch. No one wants to watch July baseball, and it would just be perfect. But to do it in September when there's going to be football, baseball playoffs are going to be starting. You know the the preseasons above the, of the other winter sports, basketball and hockey. Uh, yeah, it just seems like it's going to be a lot of stuff to consume at once, and it, it would probably do a lot better, obviously, in you know say July or even August. And, and actually, all the private joke stuff that Kirk was playing on, like it's, it's actually not that funny or entertaining for a listener. And I'm not trying to criticize him, you know. Like, you know, I get it. Like, I get what he's trying to do, but you know, I just think it, it wears thin pretty quickly. I, I thought the the big cat stuff when he called in, that could have been the end of it. it that was funny to me, but going back to it and back to it, it was, it was like enough. I, I mean, I get it. I don't get it. You know what I mean? I thought Rico's call was really funny today. When he I, I like that too. The the <laughs> comparing caddies and whatnot. So now we know that Rico wasn't the caddy for the whole time, but he was in the beginning, and he gave him some water. <laughs> so I want to see what that looks like. Mm. Uh, so on Friday's show, I mean, one big bit of news that jumped out to me was Justin has reached out to try and work in Barstool, Chicago. And Big Cat is trying to make it happen. I mean, Chris, where are you on Justin to Barstool? Um, yeah, I, I'm not the hugest Justin fan, or even why? I just never have been. I always found him to be. I mean, he he he's the living embodiment of Solomon Grundy. If you're a, a comic book fan, he's like, who's just, Solomon Grundy? 
Solomon Grundy was like a basically a zombie. He was a, a he was killed as a, a gangster. Body was thrown in a swamp. Something in the swamp brought him back to life, and he couldn't remember his life. And he was just well, a big lumbering fool. There's a bit of hate there from you, Chris. I mean, <laughs> I'm he's not a fan. I just that's what he looks like to me when I when I see him. Mm. Is, um, it, is it because Justin's been a bit of a gatekeeper? Um, no, but you know what's funny is he blocked me a long time ago because <laughs> I liked something High Blame Mike said about him. Right. And then that's for it. about six months, I was blocked by the KMS Show account because Justin was running it. Right. Thankfully, so it is. It's, a it's a personal thing. Unblock me. Mm. Well, I don't think about it all that much. So, I mean, that's you, only because you brought it up. I mean, if he gets a job at Barstool in Chicago, great. Good for him. I mean, to be fair, Chris, you are one to side with the haters of the show pretty easily. Like, you're very easily swayed to that side. Like, I, I don't know if why, but you, you certainly got that element that you seem to be attracted to some real fucking losers. <laughs> Okay, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I talk like who? Like who? Explain. Oh, I'm not going to go into names, but you know, you like you, you, you like you, you, you like to, you know, when people start stirring shit, you like to jump on the bandwagon. I don't. I don't run from it. No, I, I enjoy. You, you know, I enjoy you, ball breaking. Just listen. Yeah, you'll, and you'll person. sit behind some of those loud mouths pretty, pretty comfortably. I, I try to. Um, when it gets too loud, I try to step to the side and let them handle it. I think but that's you like to also throw your darts in when you can. Uh, but I sort of get from you, Chris, that you're a bit of a contrarian, like politically, socially, um, and and that's why you're attracted to that. Like I, I you know, I, you know, you know, you're, you're a great guy. You know, you're someone that loves the show. I'm not trying to question your credentials or anything uh, like I that. Feel but more I, like, and rather than contrarian, I feel more like I. Well, maybe it is contrarian because I kind of try to think for myself. And sometimes I agree with the crowd and other times I disagree with the crowd. But sometimes it's disagreeing with the crowd just to disagree with the crowd. Does that make sense? Because does that make your argument? Like, yes, that sometimes you just like to disagree. But uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. If everyone got if everyone was the same and everyone got along, this would be a very, very, very boring world. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with that. And I it's definitely, you know, I like to think of myself as well. But as I said, I just think sometimes, you know, when you see those sort of Twitter tough guys, you just like to sort of jump on behind them and, um, you know, you get a bit of a kick out of that. I, I've been called a tag along before. Maybe that can, maybe that's it. Yeah. Um, Pat, where are you on Justin to Barstool? I mean, good for him if he can, I mean, it's, It'd be a good step for him. I, I'm kind of indifferent to him. I mean, he's never done anything to me. I've never. That was on his Omegle. I, I did go on his when he was doing that um, Omegle thing on uh, YouTube, the the chat thing. I, I managed to get on one time. Okay. <laughs> and that got uh that got BA and the boys uh, pretty pretty happy. Um, but Justin doesn't know who the fuck I am. So if he knew who I was, he would have taken me off right away. So he he played along for a little bit, which is fine. Um. I mean, other than like the times where he's, you know, said personal stuff about people who I'm friendly with, there's nothing that I've ever or he's ever done to me. So if he can get a job at Barstool, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, if he's going to make content, I mean, he's going to carry stuff. Yeah. 
I, I, I think he's got him. more than that. I think he does have a good instinct for causing trouble. I think he has a good instinct for sort of madness. So um, you think that's what they'll use him for? More like absolutely. a um, like a um, stuttering John type of thing. If you go back to the Howard Stern when you know they used to send him to ask all these outrageous questions to celebrities and stuff. Or even like um, you know Benji, who was on the show, used to go to you know press conferences and make a, a fool out of himself. So you think they're going to do that with Justin if he was hired? Look, I'm not. Uh, don't know, I'm not. A, I don't know those references, but perhaps they could do that. Or... Basically, they're just guys who go and cause trouble at public events to get mm. you know the, 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 to get the show's name out, or in this case, get Barstool's brand out more. I hope they don't do that because I think that's cheap right. content. I I hope. Well, I think there's two ways. A, they could sort of make him a part of all the shows. Like, you know, there's all those shows that you see clamor on every day, and I don't even right. know know what they are. Picks. So. I mean, if the first week he's there, all he does is chase clamor around and heckle him, I'm in. I'm <laughs> I think rolling for that. I mean, I'm he could in. do that for a year. I mean, I don't think that he could. Wherever clamor goes, just chirping him, heckling him. Um, but also, but also, I mean, Justin's a producer. Like he could, you know, be a producer and a, a voice on a few shows. And um, to right, he doesn't have to be in front of the camera. He could be behind all the time. Yeah, he could be a bit of both. Right. I, I feel like the few times that he's produced Kirk, he's done enough to show that he could do it on a regular show. Kirk mm. is a different animal, so you know you're gonna get shit on for doing making mistakes or whatever, whether you make them or not. So I, I think well, the, he's proven that. But what a bizarre fucking path Justin's taken. You know, he's what quit the show three times. Kirk's offered him a job before. Right. And he said, so he's basically said no to Kirk, but he would rather work for Big Cat and Barstool. Like that's exactly what he's done. He doesn't I want to work that for has Kirk. something to do with, with the Minifan's reaction to him and, and more of that, that dark side of the Minifan groups that you referred to earlier. I think some folks have gotten in his head a bit and he doesn't yeah, he, he doesn't seem to take ball breaking too well but obviously barstool is going to pay him more than kirkwood also so that's true i mean if clemmer was on what 80 90 grand a year i mean justin you think could get roughly the same thing yeah i mean i do i wouldn't if they, they were offer 90 grand a year from Clemmer, that seems but to live in New York, that's not really a lot of money. Well, he'd be in Chicago, but but yeah, for Clemmer. Yeah, have, but I'm saying yeah. for Clemmer. Well, but his wife yeah. makes money, so that's why he's good. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Justin Tabastel. I think it'd be great. It'd be um, interesting to see. Yep. What is what is your two take on the Kathy Cullinane Twitter <laughs> that Dave opened? I think. No one understand. Nobody can work out what Dave was doing. It is like the it. biggest lie he's ever told, right? He, he can't be telling the truth of, oh, I don't remember why I made it. I, I barely remember telling my mom about it. There's got to be something more to that. I, I think if you're someone like Kirk, like you're just getting good shit like that falling into your lap. Like, how can you foresee that your producer made a friggin' Twitter account for his mother ten years ago? And then yeah, but how did nobody find that beforehand? Until recently, yeah, that's the only yeah. thing I can't think of is how the hell no one found that out mm-hmm. until recently. But I guess it doesn't matter. Whenever he found it, he found it. But I, I think Blind Mike had a great comment when he was like, "This isn't like weird sexual. It's even weirder than that." Because he's like saying how wacky he is or something like that. I thought Blind Mike had a good um, reaction to it, but yeah, he's I like Dave, but he definitely has some. 
weird tendencies, the type of programs he likes, and then now this. He's the sort of person you could definitely imagine starting a burner account just to compliment himself on Twitter. Absolutely. 100%. You know, a parody account that's, oh, Dave's doing a great job as producer. There's probably some out there. Absolutely. There's probably a couple of accounts that we don't know about that are run by Dave that just run sure. pro Cullinane stuff. Uh, Maybe. I heard there, there might be one run by Dave, something about a some kind of like a rowboat or a kayak or something that Dave might run. Oh, Jesus Christ. Isn't that supposed to be Wagon? Yeah, we think so. We think he's slurking back around again. Uh, well, that's no good. Um <laughs> Any other anything from the week that jumped out to you? I mean, it was a strange week because they only had the show on like Sunday night. That was a Kathy Cullinane show, and then a show Friday with Mutt and Steve Live, your tape guy. Um, again, just left hanging. Kirk comes in, doesn't introduce him, leaves the poor bastard sitting there like a pillock for about thirty minutes. Then he finally gets to him. Um, but I, I thought he did okay. He was a nice guy. He he did all right, but. I don't know. I, I feel like their Friday guests make someone like me feel like if I ever got the shot to go in, it might not be that bad. But it's also tough. Would if, be. You're, if you're a Friday guest, though, and you're in with someone like Mutt, you know you're not going to be able to talk that much because Kirk's going to lean on Mutt because he knows Mutt and he doesn't know whomever is sitting in that other chair. So I kind of get that. There's uh, that tightrope, too. You don't want to start chiming in. Exactly. Without, because then you're just going to get buried. Right. So it, it's yeah. tough when you're in when when you're in with someone like Mutt or even a Julie or something like that. You know you're not gonna be like the main focus. Julie, fuck, she's got nothing. <laughs> I mean, well, she's been on the show long enough. Like I'm just saying, in that group of her, Montante, you know, Mutt, anyone that has been on the show more than a couple, a handful of times, Kirk's gonna lean on them more than he's gonna lean on you know Steve Lack the tape. Mm. I thought his game was all right. Um, obviously, it was, a, it was a ripoff of the Clemmer game, but with right. But he, instead, he but knew fine. He knew to um, gear it towards Kirk's interests. So that was that's that was a smart idea. Yeah, I thought it was a good game, um, considering some of the other shit games we've had in there. That's true. Uh, but it was just a very strange show, Friday show. Kirk looked tired. He couldn't talk about anything that he wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he certainly didn't want to talk about the Supreme Court's uh, decision regarding affirmative action. Oh, what the fuck was Cullinane doing, bringing that up again? Like, <laughs> he just—I don't know, like what Cullinane was doing all week. Like, I don't want to be a dickhead, but um, like there was a lot of great sound from Mike and the Minute fans, or even um, Pappy's Kitchen that you could have brought up for people to react to on Pappy's Kitchen. I think at one point Pappy said that, you know, I think. Kirk had to be a lot more sharper around Steve than he is around Dave. I mean, there, there was lots of great stuff that could have been clipped up to sort of gear conversation, stir things up, and there was nothing. I mean, there was no sound. I mean, I think the only sound was the one from the, the Kirk's appearance on foreplay. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It, it was very well, there strange. was the, the mutt drop about uh, ranking power ranking three-year-olds. <laughs> okay, that was like funny once, but um, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, Colony tried to bring up the network, and it was kind of just kind of pushed through, and then he just kind of hammered you. But yeah, I mean, with two shows, I don't know. Yeah, he didn't mention Poppy's Kitchen at all. Um, you know, 
probably could have done more than that, but maybe one more jam. I, I enjoyed Poppy's Kitchen a lot. Um, I did too. The open, spot on. Yeah, John did a great job with the open, and I really enjoyed it too. It was a good chat. It's you know, obviously some guys trying to stir up a bit, but I love their slant on the show. I like their um, love of the Minna fans. They really want to dive into what the Minna fans are doing on Twitter. In on Twitter, on Twitter, um, <laughs> you know, it was just a it was a good little show, and um, you know, I just. There's no way Steve would have completely ignored all that stuff. Yeah, you have to say Steve was a lot more diligent at finding things to prod Kirk with. I understand. I understand. Dave was maybe off for a couple of days this week, but you're telling me in the few hours, you know, he gets there at six a.m. on Friday. He can't just whiz through Poppy's Kitchen or Mike and the Minifans and pull up a couple of clips to just. Um, talk about. I mean, it's not like they had anything else to talk about. Like, if if it was a, a full show and they were sort of popping on um, content, but they absolutely weren't. Um, so yeah, can that I, was. Can a I play contrarian for a second? Yeah. Steve had two in studio all the time interns. Dave has one part time Shane Mudgett. Hmm. But I mean, has he asked Shane for any clips? I mean, well, if, no, he if, has no interest either. So. And if Cullen ain't said to me, "Look, Menas, now that we're a part of the same team, and mm-hmm. um, you know, he's my he's like Dave, sort of my PA on the network." So, you know, sure. if he said to me, "You know, can you give me a couple of clips for the main show, and maybe I'll pick one or two, I'd do that. I mean, I'd spend my time going through and pick, you know, pick up a couple of things that I thought were interesting, and he could sort well, of does, take. Does Dave leave. know you're open to this? Probably not, um, but he could work that out. I mean, he could he could ask I'm me. I'm sure you know, he's going to watch. You know, I go out. I mean, you've seen me. Uh, you know, I've gone out pretty proactively behind the scenes to get the network going. Um, anyway, I, I just thought it was a bit strange um, that they didn't really sort of go into that content when there was so much there for them. Did they even mention your 420 show? I don't think they did airing no, on Saturday. Not that it's coming up, no. no. We, we have gotten mentioned on the show before. For being, um, what was the term? Uh, unwatchable. Yeah, which is hard to argue with that. Um, uh, we're not. I take it as a badge of honor. They're not supposed to like that show. That that show is a hundred percent just an excuse for us to hang out. And he does. And Kirk did say he appreciates us doing it, but it's not for him. I'll take that. Yeah, and that's not fine. for anybody. Not for anyone with a functioning brain. I wouldn't um, listen to his running podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, one, one, I think on Foreplay, Kirk, Kirk said, you know, he's become almost a podcast addict that when he's shaving or when he's doing anything, he has to listen to a podcast. It sort of soothes his anxiety. And, you know, as someone that is, um, you know, terrified of the own voices in my head, um, I absolutely empathise with Kirk, you know. Um, do you guys listen to a lot of podcasts? I listen to a fair amount. I, I, I've replaced music with some kind of either if it's a podcast or if it's a, uh, uh, an audio book or something like that. A fair amount. Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. My, my previous uh, employment, I did a lot of driving, at least 500 miles a week. So I was listening to a lot. And that was perfect because that was when, you know, Kirk was doing five shows a week and they were doing like four hours of shows. So it was like I was... I, I had other podcasts to listen to, but they were getting backed up because he was doing so much content. So now that he's only doing three days, 
you know, I can kind of listen to the other ones that I listen to, but I also don't travel as much, but I'm also on job sites all day long now instead of hopping around. So I can just put my AirPods in and I listen to my other stuff then. Yeah. Did you, did either of you listen to Kirk on foreplay? No, nah, cause I just, I'm not a big, I mean, I like watching, I like playing golf on PlayStation and I like watching golf when Tiger was involved. But other than that, I'm not really a big golf guy. Same. I would recommend it if you are after some content because they don't talk about a lot of golf. They, no. There's a lot more sort of shit talk and they get into some of, um, you know, the, some funny stuff between the foreplay guys and Kirk. So, you know, if you are short of content this weekend, Kirk on foreplay was good. Um, they, they do fucking, though, there's like a million ads. Like it's just like, yeah. it feels like every 10 minutes there's an ad break, which great for the Barstool sales department to be actually doing something for a change. But what's kind of aggravating, like, it, I don't know, like I've sort of, when I listen to a podcast and I, I think about, you know, putting ads in my podcasts that you don't, you know, you, they can't be every 10 minutes. I reckon like you want like 20 minutes of chat at least before it's broken up by an ad. Otherwise yeah. it's just like, I don't know. It just It's like Trusted Radio again. Yes. It's like exactly. listening to AM FM radio when, you know, when I used to listen to Stern back in the day and it was like I was driving around going to a job site and if the commercials were on, I was fucked because it was almost like a half an hour of commercials. Mm. It was brutal. So you couldn't Especially listen to back in the, the heyday of the big show on EEI when they right. would blow through a commercial break and then you'd get a double commercial break. I mean, it, it's all right. At least on a podcast, you can just smash the plus 30, but right. just – Got annoying uh, listening to that, but definitely, I mean, a fan to go go and find it because there's a lot of great Kirk in there. Um, I guess speaking of other content, so the network had Mike and the Minna fans. We've had the Sneaker Show, Pappy's Kitchen, so uh, definitely worth going to listen to that one. Then on Saturday night, seven p.m., the four twenty show airs. Then apparently, David from Harlan Danny in Billerica allegedly recorded a show called Quantum Kirk where they react to the very first episode of KMS. That has not been delivered to me yet, despite claims that this was recorded almost two days ago. But, hey. Well, who would have thought that Danny and Bill Ricker and Daver would flake while the stoners produced and delivered material on time? Well, I guess, is this a testament to sneakers or a... A, um, a a sort of slight on the Minifans fans that Sneakers was the first Minifan fan to submit a show to me. I mean, you know, they, what a great effort! What a great Minifan. fan. He king got things moving. He's the king of the Minifans. fans. Absolutely, he's Absolutely. taking the mantle. Indeed, um, and he's doing a great job. So, um, got, so I guess with the main show off next week, it'll be a great time for people to catch up on the network if they've missed some of it. Um, ne- next week with pretty much no scheduled main shows. Kirk City might do some live stuff. You know, jump on there, Mike and the Minna fans, Pappy's Kitchen, 420 show will be up Saturday night. I mean, that'll be, it'll be a really good week for people to dive into the network. It's growing rapidly. Followers, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's really the charts. Are there, are there any other shows in the pipeline that you might want to reveal or no? Not really. I mean, I've sort of said all of them, I think, in the past. You know, I've got lots of ideas. A lot of people have um, – there's a couple of ideas around. There's two ideas that I'm getting consistently now. Someone wants a parody song show, whether it's a countdown or a, um, a look at some of the great parody songs. So uh, I'm looking to – I said, I want to get some Minifans together to do that. And the other one is um, a caller show. 
Um, some people, you know, especially, you know, Tim and Canton and that lot. Well, that was, know, that's supposed to be Men as Live, right? You, oh, no, no, I mean where they might, um, like, do, like, uh, prank calls to other stations. and That's hard to do nowadays. Oh, no, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, Tim and Canton. I mean, Tim and Canton, before his stroke, was just prank calling all um, radio stations all across America. I wouldn't be surprised day. if he had a bunch on tape. That he's done yeah. since. Yeah. So so something like that, um, you know, listening back to them and reacting. Um, yeah, lots of ideas. I'd, I still want Dave Cullinane's, um show about, you know, interviewing the third chair. I mean, I think that would be funny. And and I've said a hundred times. Mean, uh, you got to be careful with a Cullinane show. He'll end up interviewing his mom for six straight shows. <laughs> <laughs> interviewing himself about himself. Um, <laughs> now, Mom, don't you think I'm great <laughs> – I just want to ask you too. You know, I went flat on Mike and the Minna fans. I think it's underrated the sting job that Ziggy Robinson pulled on Cullinane. I'm sorry, but that is wild. And the fact that Cullinane gave him a date before Googling the name. I mean, if, if I'm Kirk, I am A, petrified. B, I'm going to a gun shop because I'm thinking I need to carry on this Friday show. And, and say I, I find that Cullinane. funny because. Because we've, um, Pat and I have reached out to be a guest on the show. Um, we weren't able to get Cullinane through Twitter. We had to go through the email. And he responded right away to the email. But he wouldn't respond to a DM on Twitter. Yet, fake, fake Ziggy, with a fake name, got an instant reply on a DM. Was so it not an email? I thought it was an email. I thought it was a DM because he posted it. I thought it was an email. Whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I thought yeah. that was funny, though. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, like, Colin knows you guys. I mean, I know I said Chris comes across as a fuckwit. I mean, we might be muted. He's not in person. But me and Dave have a mutual uh, friend um, that he – so he used to do um, Throw Rides podcast with a buddy of mine, so we were able to – connect that way too so yeah dave knows us so we didn't need to be thoroughly vetted um we're also a couple of potheads so we're fucking harmless um mm. but yeah that is wild because he's already got one strike with the yellow shirt guy and now it's you know ziggy pulled that that work on him so yeah <laughs> i mean it, it is something if i'm kirk i'm actually like oh for sure and I'm saying to Dave, you cannot do this again. Like, if yeah. you, like, you have to vet them better. But what's lost is he had been given some shit a couple weeks back about not vetting, and that was a joke. You know what I mean? Mm. And then it's proven by giving this fake name of a person who was an actual criminal. With- <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Ziggy did it on purpose, that it's somebody, yeah. all you had to do was a good I mean, he could have bugged Billy Chibbets and... You, know, you never know. Yeah. I mean, do you think we're sort of running the wells running dry with the third chairs now on Friday? Do you think they should sort of start to think about, you know, a, a core list of people that have been in there? Um, and you I, I don't know what kind of interest, pe- like what kind of line Cullinane has of people waiting to go on. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So there might be a bunch of people. None of them might be any good. Like if Pat and I ever get in, we might be terrible. You will. But that be. doesn't mean there's not, not people, might. and that's kind of half the gag is that the people aren't polished entertainers. You know what I mean? Mm. So, so I guess 
I've got a question for both of you, and this is not a judgment thing. As I said, I'm a big stoner, so no judgment. But, you know, do you, do you guys get up and the first thing you do is take your hit on a, a vape or a, a something? Not the first thing I do when I wake up. I usually get up and I shower and get dressed. But, yeah, soon, soon after, yeah, soon after I take a few whacks and then go about my day. So if I'm you kind of old and boring now. I, yep. I, like, get up, go to work, come home, and then I indulge. Awesome. I, I used to be awesome. the all day, every day. I'll oftentimes have a pen with me in the car, and if I feel the need during the day or if it's a particularly slow day, I'll run out to the car, do what I got to do. But it's not an every day right away, first thing in the morning. Mm. The pens make it very easy for that. Oh, um, I wish I had those pens freaking 15 years ago, man. I mean, in high school, that would have been great. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You've kind yeah. of just come to Australia, so... There's a, you know quite a big black market now of pens and edibles from the states. That reminds um, me, I got a pen you might like. It's a little bear. Ooh, cute! <laughs> it is. It so he's showing up a little like koala bear type pen. Almost. Oh. Um, it's coming up, coming up actually to my one year anniversary of um, arriving in the states for the yep. the Wilbur last year. I think I arrived on July fourth, so it's imminent. Um, question, are you guys, so are you guys Steve or Carl guys? I'll start with you, Chris. You know, who to you was the, is the better producer? I'm sorry, what was that again? Are you a Steve or a Carl guy? Who's your number oh, one producer? Um, I like both for different reasons. If I had to say one or the other, I would go Steve, but I, there's been a lot of Cullinane stuff that I really enjoy, like the interplay between him and Kirk that I really enjoy. Um, and sometimes with Steve, it would get a little too intellectual and just not be as fun. Mm. Certainly no harm of that happening with Dave, that's for sure. What about you, Pat? Uh, I mean, the show was better when Steve was the producer, but I think that was also to do with the the network, the YouTube network being more lively because of Steve. So and, and more interaction with the fans at that point too. I right. I think I think the show is good now. Um, I think it's getting better also, and it's going to get even better because the fans are going to get more involved again. And I think that's what was one of the points that Sneaks was trying to make in studio was when the fans are more involved, the show is better because it's more stuff for Kirk to play off of and get either angry about or like it or just, you know, it's just more content. And when Steve, and if you have a fan base full of characters and you can cherry pick out those characters here and there, and then you don't have to keep them around. You could use them here and there. Right. It, it, it can be something The you know, the, the, the show was the best when Steve was a producer and the network was, was rolling. Hopefully we're getting back to that point. Now, Dave does a lot of good things, a lot of good things indirectly with the Kathy Colony account. Um, a lot of this, I don't like the stuff when he, when he brings up like the pop culture stuff that he's only interested in, um, that we all know that Kirk's not interested in. I know he's just trying to bring something up, but that kind of stuff, I'm just like, oh man, that's, that's, that's stupid. But for the most part, I mean, he's, he's a nice guy. Um, I like him. Um, but I, I, I was always a Steve guy. Hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Steve's just a better producer, but I'm a Dave guy. I mean, I, I do, I think the show's, it's, it's, yeah, I, I like Dave's, you know, relaxed, more fun nature. It just 
his laziness is just driving me crazy. But anyway, I'm, I'm not going to go around in circles. I think, you know, I think what I, what I said to Kirk sort of sums it up. Dave is, you know, a 6 out of 10 producer. He just does enough to keep his job. And, you know, there's, there's you know, probably, you know, 90% of the American workforce that does that. So, um right. When, but it, well, just for the listeners out there, you know, I guess when did you two individually start listening to Kirk? So, uh, Chris, you mentioned before, you know, the EI days. Yeah, I, I can. I have very, very vivid memories of hearing Kirk on weekends way back. I didn't think this is, you know, the greatest guy ever, and start following him then. Not until he got on with uh, uh, Dino and Jerry. I. Uh, I, at that time, they had a simulcast on Nesson that I would watch in the mornings, and that's how I first started to hear Kirk more and more and more as he would be on that show, and that's when I really got into him. Then when there was the whole drama when he was leaving EEI, the reason I got on Twitter was to find out what was going on with it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I hadn't, hadn't really been on Twitter before. I had an account, but I didn't ever use it, and then I started going on to it for, to get that content. Mm. to find out what yeah. was going on because now Kirk's not on the radio and and it was like the Minifan show was doing it Mike Blind Mike was doing yeah. a bit of it I was the same actually that's well I had a Twitter because of my cricket podcast but I that's when I started my Minifan Twitter to find out what was going on Pat what about you when did you start listening to Kirk so same when he was doing weekends because that was when I was working weekends a lot so I was pretty much working always Saturdays and Sundays, um, long hours. And I had um, Sirius XM, and I would really listen to that during the week. So on the weekend, there was not really anything, because I listened to Opie and Anthony and stuff like that. So I didn't want to re- re-listen to stuff that I'd already heard. So I would go back to EEI, and that's when I first listened to him. And I was a big Dennis and Callahan fan. I was a big EEI fan when I was young. You know, when I was 14, I would always go to sleep listening to the radio. So I would listen to Ted Saranis at night, and then... The older Ted. Ted's my guy. Um, and then I would listen to Dennis and Callahan throughout high school. And then even after high school, I was always listening to Dennis and Callahan. And then they kind of wore on me, and I got more into the Sirius XM thing. And then when Kirk got on Dennis and Callahan, I don't know. Oh, it was my it was my first wife's father loved Dennis and Callahan. So he would watch it on Nesson, like Chris was saying. And you'd um, be like, what is this Minahan guy? I don't know. And I was like, oh, I used to listen to him on the weekends. And then I started listening to them, Dennis and Callahan more when I knew that Kirk was on. And then it was Dennis and Callahan from 6 to 10. And then once they were done, I'd go back to Sirius then. Right. Um, Chris, you don't strike me as a sport guy. So what were you listening to EI for? I've always, I've always been an avid sports fan. Oh, nice. Which Actually, ones? A little bit less the older I get. But definitely, I, I grew up in a house full of just unbelievable Boston sports fans. Um, baseball has always been my, my favorite sport, but I, as the, the Patriots were started winning a million Super Bowls, I got into them. I played hockey as a very young man, um, actually as a child, um, and always followed the Bruins since then. was always a Celtic fan. Couldn't get into the revolution because it's soccer, and that's terrible. But it's not terrible. It's not terrible. All the other good sports I like. Chris hates soccer with a passion. Cannot stand soccer. Soccer, soccer is a great sport. One of, one There's of my not enough favorites. scoring. I'm a baseball fan. 
I, I do like baseball. <laughs> I, really I, like I enjoy I enjoy it's, watching it's the World Cup. And um, you know, when uh, some certain Premier League games when it gets down to the end and the Champions League, I, I like watching that every once in a while. But the World Cup really I'll I'll watch that and stuff. Um mm. I wish they would play more rugby on uh TV in America. I had a cousin who was a rugby player um in college and some small professional team around, but I kind of got half into that and I watched a few few times there was professional rugby on NBC the regular national broadcast company in America and I watched it a couple times and I was like this is so this is fun why can't we get this all the time mm, rugby union is great there's two rugby's rugby league and rugby yeah. union and actually rugby union I, I do know there is a professional comp in America it's very small uh, but it is there because um, I've known some players that have gone over now, I don't I don't remember um, who the opponent was, but the one game I can remember watching, the one team was I think it might have been from New Zealand, but they were the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah, and they're the best. What caught me, I'm I'm kind of half ashamed to say, was the name of the team at first, and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, they can't be. And then it's just referring to the the black shirts. That yeah, it's the jerseys. It took me a minute. I was a little juvenile at the time. <laughs> I, I want to get. We've got a start, ton of listener questions, and I've got what are what are you watching? But um, just want to ask you two about your live show experiences. So, I mean, which live shows have you been to? I mean, Pat, you got which, which ones have you been to? So I, I went to the um, the prayer vigil in Sherborne. Now that was before the Channel Seven stuff, and that was you know before I knew anyone. So. I dragged my brother to that and I was meeting another kid that I had known previously, but he's also a Minna, um, Minna fan. Um, and that what was, was it like that first, what was that like that first made up then with all the Minna fans? There'd been a couple of little tiny ones before that. What was right. Like I think the, I think the, the, the only other quote unquote official live show was when Kirk had to go to the courthouse in Woburn. Mm, that happened before yeah. then, but the the funniest thing I can say is, so I'm driving there with my brother, and you know he's he's a pothead just like me. He took a couple dabs before we showed up there, so he was high as kite. We we turned like it's so funny. We're driving up the street and we turn the corner, and then all of a sudden we see the crowd of people. We see signs. We see mutts fucking mugshot. My brother goes, "I can't fucking do this. This I'm way too fucking high for this. What what, what did you fucking drag me to?" He had no idea what he was walking into, and it was it was a good time. And you know, what was it? Um, what's that? Oh, Linda Marks was there and pulled her shit yeah. when she couldn't fucking sing. So basically, we all sang the the David Ortiz song, and the people got married, and the the woman was mortified by it. You could tell. Um, and then the greatest was when everyone, well, when Kirk kind of stood up on the hill so he could kind of like stand over us, and you see you see fucking Kevin from Bristol right fucking next to him it's like what are you doing up there and then kirk brought that up which was funny and so vigil where else uh and then and then um, mississippi two two, we we went to Saco three and four uh mississippi chris went to matawaska two i didn't go to that because i was at a bachelor party uh, and that was a wild scene chris can tell a wild story yeah so which ones have you been to chris so Pat, all the ones Pat just mentioned, with the exception of the prayer vigil, um, my favorite, well, not the favorite, but my first experience w- with a, a live show was going to Madawaska 2. And that was fun for me because it was an eight-hour car ride with 
Dale Williams, the golden ticket winner, Garbage <laughs> Munchkin, and Pat from Lawrence. And Jesus. then when we get there, who was I depending on to secure the Airbnb we're all staying at, but Jay's Mayhem? Oh, um, so I had a there's, – there's too many stories to get into here, but there was that was – a very, very, very strange experience from beginning to end. The entire weekend was just unreal, and I was hooked on live shows since then. <laughs> well, I have more fun at the Saco shows when we can set up the four twenty tents. Um, so you actually stayed in a residence with Jay's Mayhem, and you lived to talk about it. So to be fair, Jay we also drove fifty hours to the B. He slept with the woman he met in Maine at her place both nights. Or Jay did. Um, yeah, he wasn't there. Um, wow. there's, there's pictures of that. I don't want to get into it. I'm not a fan of shit. No, R- reminds me of Mick's girlfriend. But anyway, I don't want to. <laughs> um, it was a, it, it it was a trip. Um, that although on that trip, Dale Williams almost killed Jay, and that was tremendous. Uh, didn't he put it? Didn't he like, like choke him out or something? I'm gonna really yeah. choke. Luckily, I had gone to bed already before any trouble happened either night. I'm an early early to bed, early to rise type of person. Um, but, yeah, after I had turned in, this all happened. <clears throat> and I guess uh, Dale and someone else were getting into it, and Jay was trying to break it up and got himself choked out for his trouble. <laughs> Pat and Lawrence ended up sleeping outside on the grass. He was too scared to sleep in the house. It was pretty hilarious. So, and you two drove to Mississippi together. Yeah, and Pat invited Jay with us. That was nice of him. So the three of you went. Uh, and Dever. We had. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you met Matt Dever, but he was he was there. He's pretty much the guy who. Dever's a guy. PD, he gets Jay's tickets usually. What's his name? Uh, Dever. Maybe. Not Daver. Yeah, not Daver. It's Dever, and Dever's a good good. He was a good great. Well, you, no, no one could no one could do fifty hours in a car with Daver. I mean, yeah. that's impossible. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I'm a big like, Daver guy, but that might be too much. Yeah. Um, oh wow, that that's a wild scene. The four of you uh, driving to Mississippi. Any, I mean, how? Just how? It, it was all about saving money. Yeah, I mean, that's. So the thing with Jay is. He's a shitbag on Twitter, but he's normal in person for the most part. Portland, he was most of the time. Most of the time. I was confident in the fact that he was not going to be a pain in the ass in the car because I have no problem stranding that motherfucker on a fucking dessert road on friggin', you know, Tennessee. And he knew that. So he knew to behave, not do anything wild, just sit in the back, smoke your weed. Pass me the joint and pay for gas when it's your turn. And he did. But he wasn't. He was smoking hemp that was hope that he said was high in CBD. <laughs> he was. You didn't let him drive, did you? Absolutely not. I drove. So it, I, I drove ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Pat so drove I, not you. You drove ninety percent of the. Yeah, I drove the first twenty twenty one hours there, and then I tagged Endeavor, and then on the way back. I drove same thing the first 20 hours. I drove till I basically was like, all right, we're going to we're going to die if I keep driving. So, Dever, I got to tag you in. Why didn't you drive, Chris? Is it Um, I specifically asked not to drive. Great. You <laughs> um fucking I'm same just, player. I, right? <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'm not a bad driver. I don't like driving at night. I can't drive at night at all. Uh, well, I can, but I don't like to drive at night at all. And I didn't want to uh, kill four people. Makes sense. Driving. Yeah. I like I like driving, too. So I like being in control of that situation. So I'm more than... Willing. I try to get Pat to drive to any of these events. And I, try, I, I always say, this, hey, Pat, are you going to this? Do you mind if I catch a ride with you? No, I hate driving too, Chris. I'm with you. I, I don't like it either. But you know, I can't um, see over the steering wheel. No, I'm just joking. I can. <laughs> it's all right. I, I know. I know how tall you are—five foot three or something. Um, any 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 show stuff you guys want to get off your chest? Um, are you also big minute fandom listeners? You know, we're going to get into listener questions, but anything I've missed out on, you want to want to touch on? The floor is yours, as Kirk Seamus Minahan says. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I feel like you've gotten all, gotten into everything. I'm interested to get to the listener questions because I saw a few of them that were posed okay. on Twitter. I'm, I'm interested in how the show is going to continue if the network continues to be like if, if we can get back to the golden era when the show was great and the network was pumping. That's what I'm interested in seeing, you know, hopefully come within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I agree, and and that's my aim. You know, if we can get a consistent couple of shows up there, but you know, Dave Conlon's got to fucking pull his finger out of his ass. I mean, we all as a team have to push him um, to make it happen. Like he, you know, as I said to you, that, that that's just negligence to go in there Friday, not have some clips from the shows ready. You know, you don't have to play all of them. You know, some are going to land, some are Kirk, some Kirk's one are going to talk about, some he's not going to. But you're telling me like. The standard of the calls have been pretty fucking awful recently. Like, you know, you could do less calls and a bit more network stuff and the show wouldn't suffer at all. So, um, you know, I'm going to give Dave time. We might want to force his hand a bit by calling up about the network. Mm, True. Absolutely. I dropped a um, ball. I was busy. I should have called today and said and plugged the 420 show. But I, I was just, that, that's yeah. one thing that sucks. I used to call in more when I worked second shift. Now I'm working first shift like a normal person. And it's it's hard to get time to call in. Mm. It's hard for me because it's usually like two in the morning here. So. Right. And there's always a delay when I call because of, you know, being in Australia and it's their phone system. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to get the timing right. I guess last thing before we get to listen to questions, favorite live show, not the experiences around it, not you know the hand jobs you gave each other in the car on the way to Mississippi, <laughs> but the actual oh, performance great. itself. Which is your favorite Kirk show? Hmm, that's the Wilbur, the Wilbur. The Wilbur so far, Wilbur one or two. I only went to one. We didn't go to two. I was. I was. I only went to the same one as Pat. Um. I, I liked that show, but I I, I want to say, Madawaska Two was my favorite actual show, and a lot because and it I don't know. Sorry, is that the one with the boat? Is that the one that, that was the one with the boat? And that's kind of where I was going. I enjoyed the walking through all the fans, and then him getting on the boat, going around the lake, and then coming back out. And that's when we took the big huge picture with Kirk standing there, and there's like all the fans there. I actually still have the picture saved on my phone. There's, it, it. I don't know. I just liked it, and I tried to find myself like, where's right. Wal, where's Waldo within the, fantastic the crowd. Yeah, I mean, the my favorite. Atm- Sorry, the best atmospheres are Osako shows because it's just one okay. big tail. Osako shows are the best. Mm. Wish I could be there for one. I think I hope they're going to do another driving one. All right, good stuff. All right, let's get into listener questions. Um, 
first one from uh, Lauren, um, queen of the Minifan, so to speak. And this is to you both. Have you or would you ever ask Kirk to come on? And I figure that's um, have your not, show. We, we have not. Um, definitely for the original show that we do from 8 to 10, um, we never would have asked him to do that because we know he would say, go fuck yourself. Um, with the that's KM, Right. And with the KMN show... That's a better possibility because we try to keep it to around 35, 40 minutes. It's more of an interview. With, there's more structure. Um, so it's more of a show that hopefully maybe one day he'll give us 20 minutes of his time for. It, it's supposed to be more watchable. Mm, and it is, certainly. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, when is the first episode of Men Is Live coming? Good question, Lauren. Um, it's in the works. It's it's a tough one to arrange because it does need a producer to take calls. It's not something I can just go sort of go on and, and do live. But uh, it will be coming. My priority, though, is, you know, getting other people's show off the ground. I think, you know, I've got a, a proven track record of being able to produce content. So, you know, I don't think there's any doubt that when I get the time and space to do it, I'll be able to, to ratchet up the production of Men Is Live and other content. But really for me, it's about enabling the Minna fans now to be more active and do their shows. So, yeah, my focus is at the moment just getting all these shows off the ground. Um, also, the com my comment guy, and I mentioned this before, Danny's due to have his second child imminently. So, you know, just, you know, he's on paternity leave for the next couple of weeks. He is always available. That. True, um, and he's a very good comment guy. Um, but I feel like I want to get the band back together. You know, John, Danny, and I, we're a great team. We never did any shows together because I fired John before we actually went to air. But, uh, you know, it's a, a really good team effort. Um, all right, now from uh, Sneakers, does Pat agree with what Ray Pruitt did to Donna on 90210 <laughs> involving a set of stairs? Now, uh, for those that... Uh, weren't fans of 902 and I think Ray Pruitt threw Donna down some stairs um, yeah. in some um, relationship abuse yeah do you agree with that uh, Pat? I mean I mean Ray Ray was an asshole but I mean Donna was also kind of a, kind of annoying so I mean she kind of deserved it I don't want to do that because um, then that just leads me towards a very bad situation mm. About that. I mean, I guess this frame, can I frame this differently? Um, like, you know, do you think Lauren kind of brought on the stuff from Wagon by what she was wearing? Absolutely <laughs> not. Because no. no, just a scumbag. Yeah. Was it hard for you? Was it hard for you to just stand there and watch her being assaulted, or did you feel like you should have done something? So the whole situation, and listen, I met you manners. You know how my physical stature is. Mm. Wagon is a fucking big fucking dude. So obviously I knew I wasn't going to be able to physically stop what he was going to do, but I knew I could outsmart him, especially because even when he's not drunk, he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. So all I needed to do was when I saw him coming towards the area where we were, it was just like, hey, Lauren, let's just walk over to this wall. And it was he was almost like um, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. If he doesn't see you or whatever, he doesn't know you're there. So I was just basically trying to keep her away from him because he was finding all this other shit to keep him occupied. Um, 
But unfortunately, that one time where we snapped that picture because I wanted to have proof that Wagon was being an asshole because words are one thing. Visual proof is another thing. Mm. Um, and that after that, that's when I made sure I was like, all right, I got to make sure I keep an eye on this because I don't want to turn around and all of a sudden fucking Wagon's got her fucking outside fucking whatever. I remember that helped me when he got kicked out. at breakfast. When he got kicked out, that helped me. <laughs> what were you saying, Chris, about breakfast? I, I got the play-by-play of that the next morning at breakfast. You'd already yeah, passed that. So I, I went. To, I was already back at the hotel, and then mm. I reached out to Pat in the morning. I was like, "Hey, what are you doing? You want to go get some breakfast?" Um, uh, a friend of the, uh, a common friend of ours who lives in the area told us about uh, Becky's Diner, so I told Pat, "Hey, let's go over there." And uh, then he starts telling me, yeah, Wagon, uh, Wagon kind of made an ass of himself. And I, at first I thought he was joking. And as the meal went on, I heard more and more about it. And I was like, oh, okay, that's different. And then on the way home the next day after, the, after Kirk's show, so on the Sunday, Pat says to me, what do you think? Should we go live when we each get home? And that's how we ended up doing the show with Lauren and blew the whole thing out and had our best ratings ever. Yep. Well, I, I promoted that show heavily. Um, any regrets, Pat, from you, I guess, when you look back on it? Anything you would have done differently? I don't I, – I mean, no, I don't think so. I mean, there was – I mean, I was also – I mean, I wasn't trying to be a babysitter the whole time. I didn't know – I mean, he was just doing, like, little stupid shit. Like, he was trying to grab fucking Bree's fucking tits or he was, like, grabbing her ass and shit like that. But then it was when I turned around and saw Lauren pretty much getting pinned up against the fucking wall because even she was kind of rolling with it because she's a good sport and she knows she's in a male-dominated type of atmosphere. So she's a good sport, but no one deserved to obviously have this shit happen that happened to her. But because there was one point where Wagon, you know, whispered something in her ear and she came over and she was like, you don't even want to know what the fuck you just said to me. So at that point, I was like, whatever, he's being. But then when he was like basically pinned her up against the wall, I was like, oh, fucking Christ, man. We got to we gotta figure this out. And, and she's really small. Like he's, Wagon's got to be what, 6'2"? No, he's, he's like so, one. Four. She's so small. Yeah, no, he, Wagon's like 6'4". He's like fucking 280 with a massive gut. So, and yeah. And Lauren's like 5'1". If that. So it was, it was not a good scene. Yeah, not a good scene at all. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe one thing – I wasn't even there, but maybe the Minna fans next time just – if it, you know, it shouldn't just be left to you. It should, like, other Minna fans should be um, – I mean, it's just – yeah, At I think – At the same time, people were enjoying that night and people should but be I able could, to – Maybe I could have also said, hey, guys, to be adults. You know, can you guys help me out a little bit? You know, Lauren's getting some mm. unwanted attention here. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, Lauren is so lovely, lovely, spectacular, spectacularly looking too. Just she's the whole package. So you like that picture um, earlier this week, didn't you? Oh my god! I just yeah. I mean, it, it was a bit it's of a foggy photo, and that's well, in the yeah. bank. How many times, Venice? How many times have you finished to that picture? <laughs> Out of respect to Lauren, I will not be answering that question. She wants to know more than anyone else. <laughs> she is. <laughs> yeah, she is. You woke up to that though, didn't you? Oh man, like morning glory. Anyway, well, whatever. Look, let's let's not get into it. Um, next question, um, case number one. Why are you laughing? This is more a statement. Why are you laughing is good enough to listen to to Craig for free, but not pay for. 
Okay, so it's good enough to listen to with Craig for free but not pay for. But Casey would pay $50 up front and then subscribe to Patreon if if Craig was gone. Are there others like me? Could we collectively raise enough support financially to make this an offer Mike can't refuse? Um, See, I, I disagree you... with, that, with that statement that you just read by case number mm-hmm. one. I, I like Why Are You Laughing? I enjoy Craig. There are parts of Why Are You Laughing when Craig derails the show. It's kind of the charm to me, kind of part of the charm to me. You know what I mean? I'm not surprised. Going back to my earlier statements, maybe yeah. being a trouble. 100%. I'm a, I'm a big Craig guy. Okay. Craig's a, Craig's a good dude. And I, I also enjoy Why You're Laughing because a lot of the stuff, like, he does, you know, he does like the main comics when he does that stuff, but he also brings in like stuff that I would listen to, like Opie and Anthony. I was a big Opie and Anthony fan. I was a big Stern fan um, in the '90s, so a lot of that stuff interests me very much. And I was able to tell Blind Mike that in uh, Mississippi because we listened to a few on the on the way down, um, and it was all stuff because I, I was listening to Opie and Anthony for so long. So all the stuff he was talking to, I knew exactly what he was talking about. So it was great, and I told him how much I enjoyed it, and he seemed to appreciate that. It would be funny if, like, Mike just got this offer. Like, he's like, I've, I've got to go fund me, and he's like, two thousand US for you to fire Craig. Probably do it. <laughs> um, all right, next question. A statement from Squid: Can be acknowledged that Pat has saved two women's lives in the last four months. Well, it was acknowledged. Um, he's a real hero. Um, Ted Sarandos from the car crash were epic. Mm. Yeah. So, so manners. You don't know about that. So he's he's referencing. I. I I came across a car crash. Uh, I thought so he was like, talking about Bray and Lauren. No, nah, he was talking about Lauren. And then uh, a couple of days ago when I was um, I was with my boss and we were driving back to his house and we came across a pretty nasty accident. And so we pulled over and I pulled a uh, 72-year-old woman out of her car. She was fine. It's I didn't save her life. But that's what Squid's saying. He's just being very tongue-in-cheek. I'm a big Squid guy too. How do you like it? Fried or grilled? not the food not the food all right uh, next question from ted sarandis what are the key factors that allowed its force some somewhere gve to become a huge success uh, i guess a question um, for both of you just any just do we think ted is a burner for someone or it's like a real person i don't think it's a burner um i mean i don't know if the pictures that VD has posted are of him. I would, I would love to meet the guy. I would love for him to come to me up. I mean, he can come up to me at a live show and say he can be quiet. Trust me. I have plenty of Minifan secrets in my head. So he can come up to me and he can shake my hand and say, just share one with us then. Just share one. with us. I cannot, I cannot do that. (laughs) I am. That's the unwritten rule. Locked vault. But if he wants to come up to me at a live show and say, hey, I'm Ted Sarandis. Secret safe with me, buddy. So, yeah, why, uh, Chris, maybe you can answer this. What are the, the key factors that have allowed your show to be so successful? Intensity, integrity, and intelligence. The three eyes, brother. <laughs> awesome. No, awesome. it's actually uh, – we actually enjoy – putting the show on, like turning the link on and not knowing who's going to jump in and out and what the hell we're going to talk about. We do uh, the worst amount of pre-show prep before that show. 
So it's literally, I, I open the stream an hour before, and if anyone jumps in, we call that the pre-show, and then we talk about what we might talk about on the show mm. and go from there. And the unpredictability of it is kind of what keeps it fresh. And then if the, there's been a few times where strange things have happened that have gotten people's attention, and people like to clip it and make fun of members of the show or guests of the show. And that's, I don't know, it's, we get our three digits of uh, views and we're happy. Well, you just got evidence of why the show is so engaging from that answer. Um, okay. <laughs> just a bit of advice, actually. I don't know. I don't know if this it's twigged with you guys, but the show you're airing tonight is, I think, 39 minutes, and you are intending to go live at 8 o'clock. And I have a feeling, you know, in that 20 minutes, you might lose a fair portion of the audience. So if I was you, I'd go live at 7.40 with your pre-show as a reaction to your 420 show oh, that I work. Because in that 20 minutes, people will be scrolling their phones and they'll forget about this. Yeah. Especially your audience will forget about it. So, I mean, that's not a bad point. Um, what are the, uh, what's the, what's it look like for our chances of being live on KMN at some point rather than recording? Look, at this stage, um, the prospects of the live show are not good, but once the just just the practicalities of actually being able to go live on the network are restricted. I, I can do it through my stream yard. That's it. Um, and, you know, that until the production team grows as the network, you know, it, it is restricted. So also so what's the value? With the 420 show, we do our own production. Yes, absolutely. And that's the that scary is. part. That, that, that makes that more sense now. Um we were and also, also, I've seen your show. There's no benefit <laughs> to going live. I mean, actually, for a lot of these shows, then you can say the comments or whatever. Bullshit. I've seen you react to comments. You're fucking terrible at it. You've got no wit. You're not fast. And you can still get the buzz going. Like, you, I air them as premiere so people can't skip forward and people can still comment and have fun. You guys can be in the comments when it's airing, reacting to stuff and engaging you're with the right, fans. You're right, you're right. So, uh, I'll tell you, you what, know, if, our KMS views, if our KMN views are higher than our five views, then I'll, I'll, I'll say that you're right at that point. Okay, good stuff. Um, Shouldn't be but hard it, to it's, just, but it's just a practical thing, you know, it is, you know, obviously. You, you make a lot of sense, Manners, you really do. Obviously, I'm, you know, trying to do this in my spare time to get the network going and, you know, live shows are hard to do. Um, and as I said, if there's a real benefit to them, like you can't do a call-in show without it being live. Uh, but even like Mike in the Minifence, that actually doesn't have to be live. Like if 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 sometimes just to get everybody together, it's a pre-record, you know, it's still going to be a great show. The Rundown wasn't live when uh, Red, uh, yeah. Ziggy and but VD. something like The did. Rundown, I, I could see that benefiting actually from being recorded. You mm. know what I mean? But I can see, yeah. I, but even I just our, think- our show is like that too, Chris, because we're trying to just do really like an interview type thing, so... I get, I get what Manners is trying to say. All right, this is a question for you guys. How would you evaluate my performance as network CEO so far? I think you've done well. There's two shows. A couple of new shows coming on. Soon to be three. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like I, – I, I, you know, obviously you saw on Twitter, everyone's giving, we've given you a hard time. How come there's no shows yet? How come there's no shows yet? But now we have two shows. Third one will be, you know, within 24 hours. And – it's just going to keep going from there. We're, we're trying to do at least two shows a month because we know obviously it's going to be hard to get guests because this show that we're going to do on the network is a guest. Have, we need a guest. It can't mm. just be me and Chris just fucking yapping. Unless no one wants to watch that. 
unless it's going to be something like me, you know, pressing hash or something like that or making hash, that's different. But for the most part, we're going to need a guest. So we can only really do the show when we have a guest. So this is basically the open invite. Any minute fans, you want to come talk about your experiences with weed, send me or Chris a DM and we'll figure it out. Good stuff. All right. Um, a last question from Ted. Um, has Tony from Wakefield been signed up to a long-term deal yet? Tony from Wakefield is um, a free man. He can do as he pleases. We like having him on, especially on the live version of our show because he takes up a lot of air. He like he'll he'll fill the dead air without even trying. Mm, yeah, we'd like to try to ease him into the KMN experience just because we like Tony. But he doesn't. But we listen also to KMS. know that that's right. He that's, doesn't. That's the issue. He doesn't have, listen to KMS. Um, knows his food though. He's a foodie. That's for sure. He's a big food guy. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, Killer Kowalski. <laughs> How many white hooded outfits do you own, Pat? Zero. Why do Pat and Chris insist on trying to hold Subaru Steve down? Well, this is bullshit. You guys are the biggest supporters of Steve. And the thing is, too, we were a big uh, Subi fan from Sako. Like, we met him at Sako. We were friends with him then. Now he takes his shirt off in Portland, and everyone wants to be his friend now. We were his friends originally. We like Steve. Steve's, Steve's got some dark shit in his fucking life, and we're trying to brighten that up. And pull him out of this exactly. rut. He needs a broad. He needs to stop drinking so much. And he needs his dad to love him. Yeah, he needs to hug his dad, put down the drink, and find a chick. Oh, three, simple, three simple steps. I feel sorry for him. I want to give him a hug myself after hearing that. Um, uh, when Pat goes to Florida in August, is he going to be staying in Wagon's trailer? This is still from Killer Kowalski. <laughs> number, one, number one is it'll be in September, and number two, no, because I go to Orlando, and Wagon is like four hours from there. All right, more questions. I state the obvious. Is there any truth to the rumor that Menas is jealous of VD since Kirk called VD a great minifran during the Caraba saga but disregarded Menas? Absolutely not. VD and I have a, a rocky relationship, but at the moment it's going very well. Um, the, the thing with VD is his, his natural instinct is to be a troublemaker. Um, so, you know, you just have to handle him very, very carefully. But, yeah, our relationship's never been stronger. Uh, I state the obvious. Does Menas consider his tenure as network czar as a success so far? When will he stop shadow banning, insulting, ignoring of critics and enemies? Well, I think it's for other people's to judge my success, so I'll leave that to the Mina fans. Um, but it's tough. It's tough for you to have success without other Mina fans putting up shows, though, right? So your kind of your performance will, for better or worse, be judged on what people like Pat and I, or Sneaks and Poppy, or whoever, whatever shows get put out. Oh, but I think there is something to the fact that you know you got to reply to people, you got to stay on people, you got to, sure. you know. I think some of the allegations around, say, Dave Cullinane is that, you know, sometimes you just won't reply to people and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. I'm a I'm a facilitator, um, you know, um, of the network. Um, and look, and, and to his claims of insulting, ignoring, whatever, of critics. So let me get this straight. Just because I might mute someone or block someone on Twitter doesn't mean they're muted or blocked from the network. 
I've said the two band people, Wagon and Yellow Shirt Guy, you know, so there's no personal vendettas running the network. Um, everybody's welcome, whether I like you or not. Um, in fact, the person who has the say is Kirk. If he says he doesn't want someone on the network, that's who's not on the network. Um, during the week, there was a controversy because, you know, I started a Mike and the Minifans group chat. And, you know, there were some rumours put in there that I'd, I'd started another Mike and the Minifans group chat um, that would had more elite Minifans. And I won't stand for that kind of bullshit, you know. You know, those chats are for organising shows. If you want to have fun, don't do it in those places because, you know, it's actually like, you know, to get shows going. And people were wrong. I put the call out in the group chat for the said show and people replied to me privately. So there was no nothing happening behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, when I saw that, I just realised actually a group chat for this is more counterproductive than it is productive and I recused myself from said group chat. Um, it doesn't change the people who are welcome on Mike and the Minifans. It Minifans. did turn into Lord of the Flies in there once you left, though. <laughs> really? Good. A little bit. A little bit. A little, well, little, little Lord of the Flies. When you add BA to any chat, I love BA. BA is one of my top guys, but when you add BA to the mix, you know you're asking for trouble. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was folly me to think a chat like that could actually succeed. I mean, that was um, Carlos, the intern's idea, and I'd stupidly listen to him. <laughs> so anyway, so just, just to be very clear, um, you know, okay, there's, there's some real fucking asshole minute fans out there that I don't like. Doesn't mean they're not welcome on the network. Um, Kirk's Mike, has your opinion about Julie changed since last week of last week's appearance on the show will you invite her on minifandom again it's a tough one um julie and i are in a tough spot i I, i'm sure she's a lovely lovely person um i was a a bit put off by that initial reaction to being asked on minifandom so my inclination is not to go and ask again and you know people think this is biased but uh, and I'll ask you to, to comment on this. I think Julie's drop-off on the main show has been remarkable. Like, she was decent the first two times, but since then has brought nothing, has nothing to talk about, is not engaged in show topics. She's a good sport, but so what? I mean, Steve, your live to tape guy was a good sport. I mean, I just think her performances have – maybe she started off as, a, like, a B-plus and now was sort of in F territory. Do you like her? I mean, I could give her a take. Um, if she was on, uh, I, I don't know, her on with Montante the last time wasn't so bad, but that's because I, I find Montante to be entertaining. Um, the first time she was on when she was making the silly noises that sounded like somebody giving somebody else a blowjob, that was kind of funny. But that, how far can that go? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the well's dry. I don't care much for her. So Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Good. Uh, so I guess to answer your question, Kirk's Mike, um, she's not on the guest list. If she wants to reach out for me and break bread, maybe I could get her on there. I don't think that'll be happening. Um, but, yeah, I mean. Pat and I did have a conversation with her the Friday night of the uh, Portland Live show. How and hammered was she? she like, was she, she wagon was level hammered? Sloshed. She was beyond wagon hammered. Like, If, she, if wagon would have pinned her against the wall, she would have been fine with it. Yes. If there was one person that Wagon could have had some fun with, it would have been fucking Julie. I'll tell you that right now. I had to lift my hand up and do my little wrist rub so I could show her my wedding ring because she was getting very close 
and very the 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 conversation we were having was turning very X-rated. Maybe. She must be the swinger then. I, I don't know. Then she moved on to sneaks, and that's his story to tell after that. There's, okay. Yeah, there's some other stories with that. that... <laughs> All right, a question for you too. Who is the alpha of the 420 show? And do you two argue about the direction of the show behind the scenes, or do you get bored? We do not argue about the direction of the show. Um, I feel like I talk more, but that might just be because I'm a talker. Um, on... usually not watching. Yeah. I've been good lately because there's, there's no Bruins games on and I haven't been playing, playing video games. That I usually do that when we have a bunch of guys on. So it's basically like, you know, I don't really need to do too much. Chris can kind yeah, of. You, you, can you imagine what it looks like? So you're a host of the show and you're a viewer and you turn on and one of the hosts is playing a video game. So it's like, well, okay, he doesn't even find his own show entertaining. <laughs> no, I mean, I do um, because then sometimes I'll put up my my stream of that on the show and we've had some good moments with that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, just sometimes, like I said, it's just, I'm, I don't feel like I'm necessarily needed. Um, Definitely. I concur. <laughs> I've, I've always thought if I got into radio, like my brother did, I would always want to just be a producer and my brother would be the host of the show. And that's mm. kind of how it is with me. Meanwhile, he lets me produce the 420 show and fuck up every single oh, No, I help you because now I have control. So I can, can you and your brother do a show for the network, please? The Yankees Brothers. Do it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. I I think that would be a great idea. Yeah. So so Chris is the alpha. Okay, we know. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> Portly Clyde. This is for all of us. Are we Team Mick or Team Montante? Now, I thought this Montante. was a master trick. Can I just take take the listeners into behind the scenes of what happened? So I mentioned on Mike and the Minna fans that a show went up for Mick and then it disappeared very quickly. And then I realised afterwards, yeah, I've got access to the network now. Maybe that show is still there on the network. So I went into the files and I found that the show had been taken down but it hadn't been deleted. And so I reposted it. And then Mick let me know on Twitter that it had been taken down originally because there was some uh, copyright issues with the music at the front. So what I did was, you know, this is obviously too fucking much for Dave Cullinane or Mick to do. I just downloaded the show, took that bit at the front with the music off. This whole process took me under 10 minutes and then reposted the show so there was some good network content. I mean, that to me shows just how much Carl and others don't care about the network because in 10 minutes I was able to get the show back up there in a second version. And that was, so, so firstly had Nick reached out to me and said, look, I took that down because there was some personal shit in there or something. I wouldn't have put it up. You know, I'm, I'm an asshole, but I'm not that much of an asshole. Um, but because it was just a copyright issue, I was happily to re-release it. I mean, Mick wanted it out there. Um, and it was a wild, wild episode. Sure. Obviously, Mick was totally unhinged. He's lost his mind. <laughs> Two things that jumped out at me. He admitted to just giving up the Vegas podcast because he was lazy. I mean, the poor kid's a fucking loser. Hey, he did an investigator. It's really hard to be an investigator. He did 50. You don't understand how hard it is to be an investigator. Mm. Reading Wikipedia. <laughs> Um, I am not a Mick fan at all. Um, ever since going back to when he was trying to make his name in the world, and he he said something pretty uh, offensive to Chris, um, which really, what me. was it? 
He was saying that Chris was going to die in a car accident on the way to Saco. So I had to reply back and say, hey, fuckhead, I'm driving. I'm not going to crash, and I'll see you there. And I mean, I that's not that offensive. I, I forget why, though. I must have said something to him. I, I know the the other person, uh, the person on the podcast, I forget the other one that's with him. Well, Chris, I used to be with him. But I had a back and forth with him, and I think that's why Mick said whatever. And then Pat, of course, takes up for me, which is great. I can't have my co-host die in a car accident. I mean, what the fuck? Mm, no, I, I'm, I'm a big Montante guy, um, so I'm always Team Montante. Do you think maybe he was sexting Julie? I mean, you seem to to paint this picture of this, you know, opportunity. If that story Montante. was about Bree Hunter, then I would say 100% it's true. If, if 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 there was any sex thing, it's coming from One Direction, and it's not Montante. I think he would play back. Okay, interesting. Um, anyway, I'm Team Montante as well, but I also really like Mick. I think he's a, he's a funny kid. I mean, lazy as fuck, fucking loser, can't do anything. I mean, I, one of my pet hates, and I try not to do this, but I hate people that make promises and don't deliver. Like, don't like. I get sometimes it happens, life gets in the way. So, but I think, you know, there's a history of Mick doing this. And, you know, that would be something I would say to him that try and like make claims that you can stick to. Like, in a, in a way, like the way I feel about the network is my reputation's on the line a bit. I've said I can run the network and I've got to follow through with it. Imagine in like a week if I just, you know, quit um, and said I'm sick of it already. I mean, yeah, you, you got to, you got to sort of, you know, stick to your word a little bit. Um, all right. Next, last question from Profound Kirk. I have I have a question <laughs> for Chris and two questions for Pat. Chrissy Methuen, do you think gay people should be allowed to vote or no? Absolutely, they should be allowed to vote. Good. Pat, do you smoke weed before having sex with your mum? I do not have sex with my mum, but getting high before sex with anyone I've had sex with in my life is a okay. And I yeah. highly recommend getting high. If you indulge getting high before sex is fucking awesome. Can concur. Lauren. <clears throat> um, second question. Do you think gay people should be allowed to vote? Or gay no people should have every right as the rest of us do, because I plainly don't give a shit. So they should be able to vote. Marry, have kids. My, my big thing is gay people should be allowed to protect their marijuana plants with guns. That's my that's that's my politics right there. Great. Um, all right. Well, that's it for all the listener questions. Got to wrap this up, guys. We've we've got an hour and a half, so absolutely um, great to have you guys on. As you we always get that do. Out of us? Well, um, after 10 minutes minutes in, I was worried, but we got going. Um, (laughs) uh, But I like to end it um, with this segment that's dedicated to Red's fucking dead, fucking cold, dead parents that are rotting underground somewhere. Um, But they're in heaven now, able to stream whatever they want, because my image of heaven now is every streaming service you want. Um, so I've got just a couple of, well, two quick tips. Um, I, I went through the whole Star Wars um, catalog in timeline order on Disney Plus, finished it a couple of weeks ago, and one of the greatest TV viewing experiences of my life. So can highly recommend that. Um, and also 
uh, last weekend I watched Extraction 2 on Netflix. Now, if you like action films, this is better than John Wick 4. Uh, it's fantastic. Chris Hemsworth. So for all you dudes out there, I reckon Extraction 2. And, and the, 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 the women, the ladies, um, Chris Hemsworth doing his stuff. It's pretty fun to watch. Um, but that's what I've been watching. Any, any reckies from you two? I really get nothing. I'm the worst person when it comes to recommending TV or movies. Okay, good. The uh, new you. season of I Think You Should Leave um, came out recently. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Menners, with um, Tim Robinson. It's one of those like weird comedy shows on Netflix. Um, and then I've... I, it's funny because this is topical now. I actually... I, I have a VPN, so I put my VPN to Australia and I created a um, IABC account so I could oh, watch... Yeah. So I could watch Auntie Donna. Um, oh, yeah. And so I've been watching their, uh, it was like the coffee shop show or something like that they've been doing. Um, those guys are great. Those are funny. That's what I never saw, but I used to watch an Australian show that was called uh, Howzos. Oh, yeah. So I, well, I watched all the uh, Chris, Chris Lilly stuff. And mm, then, he's um, great. Yeah, he's, he's really funny. And then the Auntie Donna stuff I got into when um, they got on Netflix. And I'm actually going to see them at the Wilbur uh, in October. Great. Well, good stuff. You a Bluey fan? No, I don't have young kids, so. Just checking. <laughs> All righty. Well, guys, thanks for joining me on Minna Fandom. Uh, best of luck um, with your network debut. I thoroughly recommend all listeners to this podcast, Minna Fandom, go on Saturday night, 7 p.m., um, Dylan the Birdman with these two um, fine hosts. And um, if you're a stoner out there, you'll get some real good tips on how to make your own edibles. I, I really like talking to Dylan too. He was a good guy. Yeah, yeah great guy. All right. Thanks, everybody. Back soon. Thank you.
nobody can fuck with S.E. Yeah! He fucked up a man down under. 